Hi, I am Martin, and this is Words That Change You. Words fly all around us. Kind words, silly words, angry words. And they do so all day long. But how often does something written or spoken really feed our souls? Wouldn't it be nice if beyond the noise we could listen to words that make a difference? Words that change us. In Words That Change You, we'll examine words, events, concepts that have impacted us lately and see whether we could not glean some nuggets of wisdom to feed on and some tools that apply that for our lives. Tune in and be surprised. Lovith Corinth, the blinded Samson. I have two friends who, after trying for years, finally got pregnant this year. One has already had her son, the other one is still a few months away. It is charming and moving to see the joy on their faces in response to the gift of childbearing. Of course, I also know a few couples who had to make their peace with the fact that they would never be able to have children in spite of trying just about everything. And when people finally have a child, it is not uncommon for them to act like helicopter parents, fawning over the kid and spoiling it rotten. That is exactly what happened to a certain woman a number of years ago, who was married to a man called Manoah. After exhausting all natural means, she resorted to supernatural ones and went to visit a pilgrimage site. There a priest told her to try once more, and sure enough she got pregnant. Given how miraculous the whole thing felt, both parents were convinced that this child had a special mission and calling. By now some of our listeners will recognize this story as that of Samson, the biblical figure. When he was young it was not so obvious, but as he got older it became clear that he was a special young man. His parents insisted, whether by divine inspiration or not, that he could not cut his hair, in part to remind him that he was special, and he did so. The first inkling of Samson's trouble we get is when a Philistine woman caught his eye and he decided to marry her. To most of his fellow Israelites this was odious, since the Philistines were the enemy who oppressed them. At the same time, Samson regularly fought large groups of Philistines and defeated them thanks to seemingly supernatural powers, which caused the Jews to be a bit more tolerant. But Samson was not just a brawler, he also had a wandering eye. After marrying that Philistine woman, he had relations with her sister, and when that did not pan out, he found himself a prostitute called Delilah. The latter was in cahoots with her fellow Philistines, and so promised to get to the bottom of Samson's supernatural power. So one night, after a few vain attempts, she gets Samson to reveal that his power and determination stem from his hair never having seen a razor, which was also a way to remind him of his special role. So Delilah cuts his mane when he is asleep, and consequently the Philistines are able to catch and overpower him. This is where we find ourselves in this picture of Lois Corinth called The Blinded Samson. 
As part of their vengeance, the Philistines had cut out Samson's eyes, so he's completely blind. Then they decide to use him for entertainment at a wedding, and here he stands in the door leading to the banqueting hall. Let us now rest our gaze on this painting to see what strikes us. First of all, as the title mentions, Samson is now blind. As he enters the room, he needs the help of his arms to orient himself, which is why his posture looks tentative. His half-naked body shows what a strong man he is, emphasized by the fact that he does not quite fit into the frame of either the door or the picture. In fact, the whole atmosphere points to a man who is almost jumping out of the frame and bursting into the next room and toward the viewer. His facial expression and his body language make it clear that we are in the presence of a broken man, both physically and mentally. The blood on his scarf shows that he has been beaten, maybe tortured, even beyond the blinding. His demeanor reveals a painful realization that he can't get out of this mess like in the past. He is stuck in this situation. And he probably also revisits his earlier choices with some regret. Why did they reveal to Delilah the secret of my being? This is where the biblical story picks up. But before we continue, we need to know the particular issue which might irritate or confuse our listeners. The account of Samson's life, like a lot of the book of Judges in the Bible where it can be found, is very bloody. It occurs during a period in Israel's history when they were dealing with oppression by other peoples, most notably the Philistines. As a consequence, Israel was in an almost constant state of war, trying to shake off the foreign yoke. Different people will have varying views whether armed conflict is the right means of doing so, both back then and today, as witnessed by the controversy about the Ukrainian war. But a discussion of that topic goes beyond the scope of this episode and is secondary to its main point. And what is that main point? Samson had a clear calling, that of being a leader of his people. Some of his character flaws, such as his poor choice of women, had caused him to become unfaithful to that fundamental vocation. So back to the story. Samson while he is standing in the banqueting hall, revises a last attack on his Philistine enemies. Leaning on two key pillars, he calls upon God to remember why he chose Samson and to give him strength one last time. God hears his prayer, so Samson takes the place down and with it many Philistines. That is his last act, which makes a meal out of the Philistines and in some degree redeems his choices just before he dies. It is no accident that Corinth paints Samson exactly at that moment and in this particular posture. He could have chosen a wider angle where you would see the whole scene, but instead Samson appears totally alone and somewhat lost. He does not look heroic, but tragic and suffering. This is the first painting which Corinth completed after having had a stroke which robbed him of the use of his left hand. He also describes that he nearly died as a consequence of his stroke. It is not far-fetched to consider this painting autobiographical. 
Corinth has come face to face with his own mortality, and he feels boxed in by his physical limitations. Other applications or lessons that we could glean from this impressive work? As we discussed in previous episodes, we are convinced that every person has a purpose, mission, or calling in life, and that it is worthwhile to investigate as best we can what that is. Many of us, not unlike Samson, can in fact look back on particular exploits which confirm our trajectory in life. At the same time, we all have an Achilles heel, some character trait which can, in certain situations, trip us up. Often this so-called flaw is even connected with our strength. For example, the entrepreneur who ignores the wisdom of his elders, the fastidious person who misses opportunities right in front of him. And we have sometimes made choices which we now regret. So we have weaknesses, limitations, which become ever clear as we get older, and sometimes we feel boxed in. What do we do with that? Do we remain a tragic figure who bemoans his own fate? Or do we try to muster the strength of our own convictions to break through the store, so to speak, even if it costs us our all? This was Words That Change You with me, Martin Steinbreitner. It was produced by Fritz Lowy, Pirushka Kacha, Harry Kalef, and Jacob Dubibert. If you like this episode, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Also feel free to leave us feedback or questions on Facebook under Einstein Podcasts. Until next time.